This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Good morning, Coastal. How are y'all doing this morning? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, my name is TJ and I'm one of the pastors here and I'm, I'm glad you joined us this morning as we're in our second week of this series called The Vow. But before we dive into that, I, I know two weeks ago we had, we finished up a series called Give Me Faith and, uh, you know, we, we made some, an offering that weekend and we made some commitments and I just wanted to let you guys know kind of where we stand on that um, so that you guys have an idea of what we can be praying for and what God's going to do. Um, over that weekend, we saw um, people give and commit to a, a little bit um, over $60,000 to make this new campus a reality in, in Northeast Broward. And man, I, that is awesome. Come on, that's, that's an awesome thing. I mean, for, for a church that's three years old to say, you know what, we're not gonna do something for ourselves, but we're gonna go and we're gonna reach more people. That's absolutely incredible. And, and we've had some, some people from outside of our church that said, hey man, we wanna be a part of this as well. And, and right now we have a, a, a little over $80,000 to go help and start and make that happen. So man, I'm just excited about what God is gonna do um, in and through this and how we're gonna be able to reach more people. But uh, Diving in today, man, as we're starting this series, um, going into this series, The Vow, and, and just thinking about that song, God Bless the Broken Road. How many of y'all know that, man, to, to get to an awesome relationship, sometimes you have to go through some situations that aren't necessarily the best. You know, there's some difficult, difficult things that you just go through. And, and when you fall in love with somebody, you do some crazy things. Anybody out there ever done anything crazy for love? Anybody ever done anything that's, that's kind of wild and, and just like, what in the world was I thinking about when I did that? I know, I know for me, I've known my wife since we were about 11 years old. How many of y'all know that? that like, we knew each other when we were, we were really, really young. Like, we were still in elementary school. That's, that's just whacked. And so, or wait, can you be 11 and be in elementary school? Yes, okay, good. I'm, I was right. Then I just wasn't stupid. Okay, good. Um, I thought maybe they held me back or something. So, uh, but I, I was thinking about, you know, when I, when I saw my wife, you know, for the first time when she wasn't my wife, and I remember I just fell madly head over heels, like in love with her. I saw her and I was like, dang, that girl's hot. Um, and, and like, that needs to be my girlfriend, you know? And, and so, you know, as a kid, you do stupid things. And, and, and I was thinking about our relationship. I remember at maybe about 13 or 14 years old, I was like head over heels, just like, like I was like puppy dog love. You, y'all know what I'm talking about, puppy dog love. We just do stupid things. And, and we, I was talking with Shayla about like, hey, wasn't that funny when you used to reject me all the time when I would ask you out and everything? It wasn't that cute. Um, and she's like, well, actually, I remember you used to write me love letters. And she said, actually, have a box and I have one of those letters that I kept and uh, and I was like are you serious she's like yeah and so she's like you got to read this and she started reading me some of this and I'm not going to read it all to you because um, I don't want to bore you guys with my poetic stuff but there was some there were some lines in here that I was like are you serious I wrote that to you at like 13 years old and, and listen to this this is this is when you're stupid in love this is what you do I would be willing to do anything for you I would climb the highest peaks I would swim the deepest seas. I would cross the desert land. I would do anything for your love because my love for you is unconditional. <laughs> Come on, you gotta admit, I got game at 13. I mean, 
I mean, seriously, who writes this crap? I mean, I mean, this is embarrassing stuff. There's even better stuff in here, but, you know, that's for when you get older. I'll, I'll share that in another message. Um, but, I mean, she kept all this stuff. I started writing her all these. There's all kinds of letters and cards in here and different things and notebooks and, uh, you know, the, the, the typical junior high, the I love you on the outside. I, I had it all. I mean, I, I was crazy in love. I was, like, totally Beyonce for her. Got me so feeling so crazy in love. You know, I was doing, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I, like, I had it all going on. But we just do some crazy, stupid things when we're madly in love with people, and it makes no sense whatsoever, does it? I mean, I, I was watching TV the other day on the Nature Channel, and they were showing this bird that when he's, when he's going out there to, like, find a mate, he does something pretty, pretty crazy. And what he does is, you know, he's walking around, and all of a sudden, he'll start puffing out his chest like this, and, and then he'll bow over to the other birds. And supposedly, that, like, attracts, you know, other birds to him. And I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. That's kind of like what I do as a guy. If I, if I see my wife walking around, I kind of puff my chest out and suck in my gut. And I'm like, hey, babe, you know, and, and I mean, girls do the same thing. They puff out their chest. And they see a good looking guy. I, that's a different sermon, though. So we'll hit that another week. But we do some crazy things when we're looking to be in a relationship with somebody else. We pursue them with mad craziness. And what I want to talk to you today about is this whole idea that, man, there is a, a, a vow that we take that's called the vow of pursuit, where we will pursue somebody else. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but by nature, you and I, we tend to pursue the things that we don't have. We tend to pursue the things in our lives that we don't currently have. And so a lot of guys will do some crazy things to win a girl that they don't have. I mean, they'll go and they'll watch those sappy love movies at, you know, they'll go watch like the notebook like 17 times over and be like, this is such a good movie, babe. And then they'll go home and, and they'll get, call each other on the phone and they'll talk for like till three in the morning. You know what I'm talking about? And then when they run out of things to talk about, what do they do? They just sit on the phone and they listen to each other breathe. Like, that's stupid, but we do it, don't we? And then guys, this is my favorite one, we'll be like, man, I love to shop. And so, let, yeah, let's go shopping. I'd love to watch you try stuff on for the next 17 hours at the mall. And I will hold those bags and it will be wonderful. And we will do whatever it takes. I mean, we'll drive four hours away to look at somebody and gaze into their eyes for 15 minutes and then, then turn around and leave because why? We are madly, madly in love and we will pursue them because we don't have them. But what happens is, is eventually we get them, don't we? And we, we marry them and we, we're married for two years. We get some kids. Pretty soon we get a house of seven years, 15 years. We turn and look at that person and we say, man, I don't even know who you are. And why does that happen? Because we have stopped pursuing each other. We used to be so in love. Man, we used, to, we used to gaze into each other's eyes for hours with nothing to say. And today, I can't even stand to, to glance at you. You just tick me off. And, and, and it, man, it's just there. And, and, and listen, you show me a divorce couple or a couple that's on the verge of divorce, and 99.9% .9 of the time, I'll show you a couple that stopped pursuing one another and started pursuing other things rather than the thing that they were supposed to. And, and if you think about this, and you think about it in every area or any area of your life, there's no area of your life that you can neglect and it really gets better. I mean, if you look at your health and, and you say, you know what, I'm gonna neglect my health and I'm gonna eat Twinkies and Ding Dongs and, and, and donuts all the time and I'm never gonna work out, you know, what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna end 
end up looking like job of the hut because if you neglect that, you're gonna turn it into something you don't want. It's not pleasant. You know, same thing is true if you own a business. If you just decide, you know what? I'm not gonna pay my bills. I don't need to hire good employees. I don't need to fire bad employees. I can just, I can kind of just show up and do whatever I want. What's gonna happen to your business? It's gonna fail because whatever you neglect is gonna go down. Same thing is true if you have a yard. If you never water your grass, you never fertilize it, you never weed it, you never do anything, what's going to happen? That yard is going to look like a house that's been abandoned. But yet so many people think that they can neglect their relationships, they can neglect their marriage and expect it just to turn out fine. And we see it happening all over today, all over the place today. And that's why I want to talk to you about this vow of pursuit, because I think it's one of the most critical things that we can do in relationships to continue to pursue our number two. And, and here's the thing. Last, last week, we dove into the series and we talked about the first vow that we made. And that first vow was this, is that I promise that God will be my number one in life and my spouse will be my number two. And it came out of the verse where they asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is just like, it, love your neighbor as yourself. And what he was doing and what he was establishing is that, man, God is to be the number one thing in your life. You're to pursue God. And when God has become your number one, then you go and you pursue your number two. And your number two is to be your spouse. It's not to be your job. It's not to be your kids. It's not to be any of those other things. It's to be him and him alone. And then your spouse and them and them alone. And so that was to be another thing. And then today, the vow that, that we need to understand for today is that I promise to always pursue my number two, that we are gonna always pursue our number two. Genesis 2.24 says this, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. Now the Hebrew word that's there that's translated um, as united is this word dubak. Everybody say dubak. Say it with some attitude, like some anger, say dubak. That's much better. You know, you get a little spit in there. That's perfect. Um, it, it's, this word dubak, if you're taking notes, it means, to, it means to cling to or adhere, to catch by pursuit, to pursue hard with affection and devotion. It, it's not just that we're to pursue till we're married. It's not just that we're to pursue while we're dating, but we're, once we're married, we're, we're to continue to pursue. We're to continue to cling to. We're to continue to be united to that very thing. And that's why it says, for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united, cling to, be joined to, continue to pursue hard his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And I put some other verses in here that use that same word, that dubak in it. And in Psalm 63, it says this in the Living Translation. It says, I will follow close behind you. That word there is follow close is dubak. It's man, it's, it's for that person out there that you're a stalker. This is your life verse right here, baby. Like I will follow close behind you. You can hide out and be like, man, I'm just doing the Bible. Anyways, um, Job 41, the words translated dubak, they are joined fast. Man, it's joining fast. Judges 20, 45, it says it this way in the King James Version. They pursued hard after them. It goes back to, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be dubak, pursue hard, united, joined together to catch by pursuit. And one of the greatest examples in the Bible is, is a story of, of Jacob. And Jacob uh, was, was madly in love with a girl named Rachel. And uh, he, he 
realized, man, he was madly in love with this girl and he was gonna pursue her. And so we went to her father, Laban, and said, hey, man, I would like to have your daughter in marriage. And he's like, that's cool. If you want my daughter, he's a pretty shrewd business dude. He said, man, you're gonna have to work for seven years to have her. And he's like, man, done deal. I want her. I will pursue her. I will debauch her, you know, and hook it up. And so, man, he worked for seven years. And when he gets there, when he's getting ready to get married, his father-in-law kind of pulls a fast one on him and says, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't marry Rachel because she's the younger one and you got to marry Leah. And Leah was kind of stuck with the ugly stick, which means that she was, she was nasty. And so basically his dad's like, man, you got to marry her. And he's like, oh man, I don't want to marry her. I want to marry Rachel. And he's like, well, you got to marry her, but listen, I'll cut you a, another sweet deal. I'll let you work another seven years for Rachel still. So in essence, you can work 14 years for this girl. And he says, done deal. I will take it. Man, he debauched her. And that just sounds really bad. I shouldn't say that. He pursued her and, uh, and they were married and he continued to pursue her for the rest of his life. And, and, and he, man, he understood this promise to pursue his number two, even after they were married. And, um, you know, and, and that's so important for us to continue to pursue our number two, to make that relationship a priority in our life. Now, last week, we kind of gave you guys some homework and we said, man, we want you to make God our number one and we want you to make our spouse our number two. And that was this, is that, man, we asked you guys, if you were single, to go home and pray to God and talk to him and say, man, God, I'm gonna pray for my future spouse. I'm gonna pray that, man, you would be first in my life. And then if you were married, we said, hey, man, what we want you to do is we want you to commit this week to spending some time and praying with your spouse every day this week, man. And, and, and a whole bunch of people made commitments when we asked for people to make commitments last weekend. And I was just curious, how many of you guys actually fulfilled that? How many of you guys made it all seven days? Yeah, about as many as in the first service. So how many of you guys like made that commitment? Like, oh, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. And, and, and like, you just didn't make it very far. You like had like the best of intentions, but you, you made it like, yeah, like one other person, a couple of people. Like y'all are a bunch of freaking liars. I'm just straight up telling you that right now. Like, would, it, would you guys raise your hand if I was like, I'm handing out $100 bills to anybody who raised their hand? Okay, like four more of you, awesome. Um, perfect, so you, you guys basically are not gonna respond to anything I say here today. Is that the deal? I'll see how it is. I'll just sit here and be quiet. We could have a silent service. No, I'm just kidding. Like, listen, I, I made that commitment and I had the best of intentions to pray with my wife every week. I did good on like the first day, the second day. Then I went out of town and I totally forgot. And by the end of the week, I just screwed it up. Anybody else out there with me? Like I had the best of intentions. But how many of y'all know that intentions and actions are totally different things? Like a lot of us, we have the best intentions in life. I mean, I intended to do that. Man, I, I didn't mean to, to make a promise and then not commit it. But just because I have good intentions doesn't mean that it leads to good actions. Just because I have that idea and that's of, of this is what it could be like or this is what I should be doing doesn't mean that that actually happens. And that is why so many marriages today are struggling because a lot of people go into marriage with some really good intentions, but they have very little action or follow through to go with it. And so, you know, here's the interesting thing about the intentions that we have in life for some reason when it comes to our relationships is that we judge our spouse by his or her actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions, don't we? We judge our spouse based on their actions like, oh, they didn't do this or they didn't do that or they said this and they said that, but I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything, but I meant to do something. 
I mean, isn't that how it usually goes? I mean, we have all these ideas of what it looks like and we, and we say, man, my goal for, for today is to get us to get past this idea of just having good intentions, but getting us to move towards good actions in our life and having those things play out so that we can have healthy relationships. And uh, my goal is that if you're married or you hope to be married someday, that you can start to apply some of these principles that you can close the gap between your intentions and your, and your actions. And so what I wanna do is I wanna give you a little bit greater of an assignment, even though we all failed last week, it seemed like, based on the hand raising in here. Um, it's kind of a three-part assignment for you guys um, when it comes to relationships to close the gap between our intentions and our actions. And the first thing is this, is when you think something good, say it. When you think something good about your spouse, every time you think something good, every time you have a good thought come to your mind, don't just hold on to those things, say those things. Whenever you think something good, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how significant, no matter how insignificant, instead of keeping those things on the inside, I want you to just say, give it out to your spouse. If you're a married man, make sure you're going to say it. That's why Hebrews 3.13 tells us this, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that no one may be hardened by sin defeatfulness. And so that's why it's like going around, whenever you have the opportunity, you see your spouse doing something good, you see your, your future spouse doing something good, instead of ignoring those things, man, say, man, thank you so much for going and picking up the dry cleaning. Man, that just made a huge task come off, the, off my plate. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for grabbing the kids today after school. Man, that was great that I didn't have to go do that. Thank you so much for, for texting me during the middle of the day and just telling me you love me, man. That was just so meaningful in my life. It's getting outside of our box and, and saying, saying the things that we see in life, but, but normally ignore. Guys, when you see your woman got your hair done, man, tell her, your hair looks good today, baby. You're looking good. That, that new do is fly. Keep it up and, and communicate those things. Whenever you think something good, what are you going to do? Okay, so three of you got that again. Awesome. <laughs> no, whenever you think something good, what are you going to do? Say it. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I want to get specific here because um, there are some different ways that we need to pursue each other. And, and let me just talk to the guys here real quick because uh, we definitely need help the most. Uh, we got the most issues, like the things that we communicate and what we intend. We just get it all jacked up. Women are so much better at this. But guys, if you're taking notes, this is what you need to know. We need to pursue her with words of affection. Guys, we need to pursue her with words of affection. Now, let me be real specific here for a moment because guys, we're not very good at this. Um, when I'm talking about words of affection, I'm talking about non-sexual affection. <laughs> awesome. Non-sexual affection. Uh, everybody say non-sexual. I know, that's, it, did, it didn't come out very good. I heard all ladies on that. It's hard to say, guys, isn't it? It's difficult because like, you're like, well, I don't even know what non-sexual is. And, and if you don't, just ask a guy that looks like he's got it going on after service or ask Pastor Wayne over here. I don't, you know, ask somebody, get a clue because I know it's hard to say, it's even harder to do. And, and this is the thing about guys, we have a hard time communicating well. We have a hard time of complimenting really well and saying what we really need to say. In fact, um, you know, we, we have a hard way of, of saying things in the right way to women because we have a skewed and messed up view of what a real compliment is. 
you know, we don't really know how to compliment. We compliment in jacked up ways. And, and the reason I know this is because our, Shayla and I's best friends are, are a couple named Jordan and Kristen. And, and every time we hang out with them, just about, you know, Jordan and I are hanging out and we're goofing off and hanging out. And he and I, we pay each other the highest compliments possible as guys. And so we'll be hanging out and I'll be like, Jordan, bro, how did a short, balding dude like you hook up with such a babe like that? And he'll be like, oh man, it's better to be, uh, it's better to, you know, just have some game and just spit it out and get lucky every once in a while because I really don't have much. You know, and he'll just, he'll just be like, I, I, basically what he's saying is I don't have a freaking clue. God bless me. And, I, and then he'll look back at me and he'll be like, TJ, how did a balding fat dude like you with no style and, and, and lame dance moves, even though you think you can dance, pick up a girl like Shayla? And I'll be like, bro, I totally outpunted my coverage. And you know, and I'll be like, and we're paying each other the greatest compliments we can possibly pay each other and, and, in a jacked up sort of way. But this is the interesting thing. I've never once heard uh, Kristen say to Shayla, hey, Shayla, how did a scrawny-legged, freckle-faced girl like you pick up such a stud like TJ? <laughs> never. She's never, I've never heard them saying, you wanna know why? Because girls know how to pay real compliments. Guys don't, we don't have a clue what it is. And so guys, let me just kind of clue you in right here. And so ladies, if you just wanna kind of go off into la-la land, I'm gonna give them a secret to success in relationships right now. And so, so guys, here is the secret to success. After the big three words, you know, the I love you, you know, those three, we, we, we like to use them and that's pretty much all we use, I love you. We add the secret word. And it, that word is because. I love you because, not because, man, we hooked up last night and I'm feeling good about myself, non-sexual. I love you because, man, you work 40 hours a week and then you come home and you do all the stuff at the house and man, I'm just so thankful for you. I love you because you're the mother to my children and man, these kids are turning out great and you've done such a great job as their mother parenting them. I love you because, you know what, you don't, you don't just take care of our family, you take care of so many other things and, and it's unbelievable. I love you because you're not only my lover, but you're my best friend and I couldn't do life without you. And instead of just going in there and saying, I love you and leaving it that and leaving it empty and invalid, all of a sudden you're getting very specific and you're communicating words of affection that are not sexual and if you, guys, man, if you think something good, say it. Pursue her with words of affection, non-sexual affection, and watch what happens. And I know some of you guys are like, I don't even know if I could do that. Listen, the Bible tells us we can do all things through Christ. It is possible. There is hope for you. Now, ladies, if you're taking notes, this is what you need to know. You need to pursue him with words of affirmation. Because it doesn't matter how confident he appears to you. It doesn't matter how much he walks around like he is all that, a bag of chips with a guacamole dip. Man, he is so freaking insecure on the inside. And he puts on this persona that he's got it all down, but really, he is becoming what you say about him. He is becoming what you portray him to be in your life. And the words that you use are words that are gonna build him up or tear him down. You know what? If you continue to nag him, if you continue to berate him, if you continue to, to beat him up with your words, you know what he's gonna continue to be? He's gonna continue to be everything that you are telling him he is, which is not good enough. 
And this is what you need to understand about guys. And I'm going to give you some insight into guys right here that, that will blow your mind. You might already know this because y'all are smarter than us. But we're only as good as our last accomplishment. And so what will happen is, 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 is whatever you say to us, that's how we feel that we're doing in life. And so guys will come up and be like, hey, how'd you do last month in sales? Well, that was last month, so that doesn't matter to us because we're in this month now. And what matters is what's happening right now. And I, I experience this every week. I can come in here and I can preach a whole bunch of messages to you jokers and you all can be like, that's awesome or that sucks. I don't really care. What I care about is when I go home and I walk in the door and my wife's not paying attention to me or washing the dishes or, or watching some TV or whatever. And I walk in there all vulnerable from a weekend of just pouring out my heart and just battling. I want to know, man, was, was that any good? What, did that help anybody? Was, was that stupid or was that funny? And the words that she speaks to me there right there, man, it, it will make me run through a freaking brick wall if she believes in me. And let me just tell you something, ladies, if you believe in your guy and you communicate those things to him, man, it will change his life. Your words of affirmation are so, so powerful. You can either build him up to be the man that God's called him to be, or you can tear him down to be what everybody else is telling him in this world. And listen, I know that some of y'all might look at him and he'd be like, man, I don't see much in him. Lie to that joker. I don't care. Speak in faith to him about what he should be. Man, you're going to be awesome, dude. You're telling the, the, listen, your God doesn't ever even have to lose weight. You just tell him he looks like he's losing weight. He'll be at the gym next week, guaranteed. Because he just needs some encouragement. He needs somebody to believe in him. And if you start speaking those things into his life, you speak those words by faith, man, it's gonna change it. So what do we do? Man, if you, if you, if you think something good, what are you gonna do? Say it. So if you think something good, you're gonna say it. If you think something special, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Now, those of you that, guys that aren't married, I know that you're thinking like, well, what in the world am I going to do? I, I don't have anything to do. Listen, there's all kinds of things that you can do if you're not married to do something special for your spouse. I know that when I was a single guy and, and I was thinking about my future relationships, I was thinking about, man, the things that God was doing in my life and I was writing those things down and I was thinking about experiences that was happen, happening in my life and, and things that I would like to share with somebody else. And I would say, man, man, I want to someday take my wife to New York. I had this incredible experience and I want her to experience the same thing to me and I'd write it down. And, and when I got married, that was one of the first things I do and I'd write notes to her and, and I would talk about the future of what could be. And I thought about what I could be like as a guy. And I said, man, you know what? If I could do something about my future, I'm gonna start to do it. So I started reading every single book I could about marriage and relationships and what women think. And I still haven't figured that crap out. But man, I was gonna try. I was gonna do everything that I could to prepare myself. And you know what? You can do the same thing right now. You can do something rather than nothing. And so if you think of something special, just start putting those things into play right now because you can start doing it. You can start doing it today. Now, guys, let me talk to you a little bit because, because when we think something special, we gotta do it. And the reason why is because in James 4, 17, it says this, anyone then who knows the good that he ought to do and does not do it, does what? They sin. And so when you think something good, you gotta do it. And here's what I've learned is that, you know, we've got this, uh, pre-existing idea that something good is, 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 is flowers and candy. You know, oh man, you wanna, you wanna hook your girl up with something? Guys, what do you do? You go get them some flowers and candy. So you give them something to smell and you make them fat. That is not a good combination. And so, um, I mean, that's cool every once in a while, but for some reason we think, oh, that's the only thing we can do. And I found out, and I found out yesterday that there's a lot more things that are very romantic to your spouse than, than some food and flowers. 
You know, I saw my wife cleaning up the house and I was like, oh man, I can do that. And I got out the vacuum and I started vacuuming. I, I didn't do this junk right here. You don't do this, dudes. This will send you straight to hell. You vacuum like this, you do straight lines. That right there, that will turn her on. Straight lines up and down. That's right. That's right. You just learned something. You, you take that home and you try it. You'll be calling me next week thanking me. Did some dishes and, and all of a sudden, you know what? You start doing some of those things that, that are out there. You, when I travel, man, I'll leave notes around the house saying just, hey, Shay, thinking about you. I wish I was with you right now. Man, it's been so awesome. I'll hide things in her Bible. When I was in Africa, I was hiding cards all over the house before I left the night before so that when she would read her Bible one day, she would find a card for me just saying, I'm thinking about you. I hid one in her, her office. I hid one. I was hiding them in her bed. I, I was putting them everywhere. I was like thinking, man, she's going to find these all throughout the time that I'm gone and, and she'll be thinking about me and, 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 and she's texting me and, and, and I'm thinking about her. And so when we get home, we're thinking about each other, if you know what I mean. And that's, that's a good thing. And so you think something special, do it. Speaking of that, ladies, man, if you think something, if you're thinking of something special, do it. Listen, you see your God doing some things that are good. You see him starting to pray with you, starting to pursue some things, getting outside the box. Give him what I call a little something, something. Now, if you don't know what a little something, something is, it's kind of like this. You're at home, he's doing those things. Maybe you come out in a robe or something or nothing and you give him a something, something, you know, and that's only for married people though. Single people, you don't do something, something. That's for later on. <laughs> you do nothing, nothing, okay? Uh, man, that will motivate your man for months to do stuff. This isn't a manipulation, but it sure does work. Dude, every dude should be shouting me down right now. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. We need to get some Viagra in here or something. Anyways, <laughs> if you think something special, do it. And do it often. Man, and... If we would do those things, it would change everything. Guys and gals, man, if we think something good, we should say it. If we think of something special, we should do it. And listen, let me just say this, specifically to guys. I know you all think, like, I did something last week for her. Let me just tell you something. Everything that you do that day, it ends at midnight, and you got to start over the next day. It doesn't pay it forward. This is a daily thing that we have got to be doing. You got to do it today. And finally, if you want something different, you got to be it. If you want something different in life, you've got to be it. You can't continue to whine, well, they're not meeting my needs and they're not doing this and they said that and she said this and she said that and he said this and he said that and he's not fulfilling what, what I want in life. And, and this is what you need to do. You need to bring less of you to that relationship and you need to bring more of Christ. You need to say, you know what, it's not about me. It's about how do I meet the needs of the other person? And, and what did Christ do? He came to this earth not to be served, but to serve others by giving his life as a ransom for many. And so that way I need to go and I need to start changing my mindset that it's not all about me. And that's why I love the New Living Translation, how it translates Romans 12 too. It says this, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God change you. Let God change you. Because as he's changing you, what you'll realize, men specifically, and if you haven't realized this yet, is that, that women are multipliers. Women are multipliers in life. And if you don't know this to be true, let me just explain it to you. You know, you give a woman a, an ugly house, what does she do? She makes it an amazing home. 
You give her some food for groceries, what does she do? She turns it into an incredible meal. You give her a whole bunch of love, what does she give you? A whole bunch of kids. You give that lady a hard time, what does she give you? She gives you a bunch of hell. That's right. You know it's true. Women multiply. Whatever you give them, they're multiplying. And that's why, man, if you don't like what you're getting in your marriage today, look at what you're giving. Look at what you're giving. What are you being today in your relationship? I know some of you guys are going, well, I've never had that kind of marriage that God wants. Listen, to get what you've never had, you've got to do something you've never done. And so that means you can't just go through life doing the same things that you've always done. You've got to make some physical changes. You've got to be something different than what you've currently been to get something you've never had before. I was talking to some single girls and they're like, man, we just, we just want some guys to be different. Man, can you, can you ask the guys to be different? And so, man, I'm going to fulfill that request. Guys, if you want to get married, stop playing video games for 14 hours a day and get outside Instead of just hoping a girl will come and ask you out, go ask her out. Do something different. And then don't bring her back home and make, you wa- make her watch you play video games. It's not going to turn her on. I'm just telling you. And for some of you to get what you once had, you got to do what you once did. Some of you guys are like, man, my relationship has gone dry. My relationship has just... It's almost non-existent. And if you were to look at that relationship today, you would look at it and say, you know what? I don't do any of the things that I used to do. I love what Revelation 2.5, and Jesus is speaking about the church in Ephesus right here, and he's saying to get back to your first love. That's what he's talking about right here, to get back to your first love. He says, remember the height from which you have fallen. Remember what that was like. He said, repent. He says, turn around. And do what you used to do. Do the things you did at first. For some of you guys, you need to turn around in your relationship and start doing some of the things that you did at first. You need to continue to pursue. And so your assignment this week is that, man, if you think something special, say it. If you think something special, do it. If you want something different, be it. And make a commitment that, you know what, I'm going to go through life and I'm going to say less of me and more of Christ. And as I'm dying to me, man, I'm going to pursue my number two with all that I have. And Christ gives us the greatest example of this because, you know what, he's pursuing us. That's why he said in Luke 15, man, I'll leave the 99 to look for the one. Ninety-nine, those were good, but it wasn't the one. God's our one, but our spouses are two. And instead of just letting it drift off 
and wander away. Let's leave all the other stuff and let's pursue them with everything we've got. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.